0: Is the business of reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Omen. Hey everyone! Uh, oh, finally, it's my first episode of 2023. It is much later than I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted to start new episodes a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'm sure you've all heard by now that we lost our dog earlier in the year, and had to deal with some other stuff as well. And it was just a very challenging um, start to the year. And so I felt like I needed to pull back from certain activities for a little bit and um, focus on things that were important in my personal life. And um, now we're finding kind of a, a way forward. And it feels just great to be getting back into content creation and back into that routine. So for this first episode of 2023, oh, oh, I forgot to turn my phone off. And here I am selling all kinds of things. Let me just turn off those chichings. Uh for this first episode, I'm gonna talk about a variety of different topics, kind of things that I've been wanting to bring up on the podcast. Um, just to kind of ease back into uh this year, and then I have some more uh I guess, curated or structured content that I'm going to start building into future episodes. And of course, I'm always looking for your feedback and your ideas about um, what you would like me to talk about on future episodes. I'm excited to be starting to implement some of your ideas in the next few weeks. So the way the podcast is going to work this year is I'm going to do a new episode every two weeks. And my objective is to alternate an audio episode with a YouTube video. So every two weeks, you'll get a uh, a new podcast episode. And on those alternating weeks, you'll get a YouTube video. So the just the tip sort of short episodes are going to be um, kind of transformed into more video content. So if you are listening to the podcast on a podcatcher, please continue to do so I'll still make sure that everything uh, is audio friendly. Um, but if you're interested in some more video content, make sure you are also Uh, subscribed at youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. You can also find the business of reselling storage warrior if you search that on YouTube. And you'll find the YouTube link in the show notes. Um, So make sure you're subscribed there um, to get sort of the complete rainbow of content that I'm working on for you this year. All right, so I have three topics I want to discuss today. And uh, the first one is about systems. Um, systems and are one of the ways that you build efficiency and help scale your business and, um, and also how you bridge the gap when you're going through something difficult. So I'm going to discuss my own failings as far as systems creation. Um, some glaring uh, needs in our business were uncovered while we were dealing with our personal stuff. Uh, so I want to talk about that and what I'm going to do differently. Um, I also want to talk about uh, an abusive buyer situation. Yeah, another one. This buyer called me the C-word, but also uh, threatened to take my photos to sell on his own eBay store and then... uh, and then buy my items like a dropshipper would. Anyways, weird. I'll talk about that um, and what I'm trying to do about it. And third, and the fun part is I want to talk about Whatnot. So you're probably hearing a lot about Whatnot, um, which has actually been in Canada for a number of months or maybe even a year by now, but we're just starting to get into it. And I'm absolutely loving this platform. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about our Whatnot strategy. Okay. Let's get right into it. So systems, I want to talk about what happens when systems break down. If you heard me speak, maybe at a conference or on a podcast, you've probably heard me talk about the importance of efficiency. And one of the ways to develop that efficiency is to create systems and processes in your business and document them. And so I've tried to do that. And it's always a work in progress. I don't think any businesses, systems and processes are ever complete. You're constantly um, shifting and adapting and changing things as your business grows and evolves. Um, but there's definitely places in our business where I knew, I know and I knew before that I needed to create systems and I didn't necessarily do that. And what that does is it exposes you to risk. So um, risk isn't something I've discussed specifically, I don't think on the podcast, although I think I could do some interesting episodes around that. But um, the risk is that if you are unable to work in your business, or you need to pull back for any number of reasons, it's likely to affect the operations of your business and the success of your business if you don't have systems in place to ensure that things can continue to run while you need to step away. And so when everything was going on early in the year, Uh, working on eBay was not really top of mind. I mean, we were getting our shipping done, getting our packages out. But our revenue suffered a lot the first couple of weeks of the year because, you know, I wasn't doing photographs, I wasn't creating a lot of listings. I wasn't creating batches of photos for my listing helpers to do. And so now I'm kind of looking back on that and saying, what, what should I have in place in case something like this happens again? You know, it's not going to be the loss of my dog, but maybe it's another reason that I might have to step away from work for a period of time, at least partially. So I was thinking about, like, what could I have done to kind of keep the boat more afloat, so to speak? And the one thing that kept coming up for me was something that I already knew I needed to do and I hadn't done, which was giving my listing helpers, who are amazing, uh, two ladies who help us create listings, uh, more training to be able to work on more one-of-a-kind items. It, because usually what I do is I give them like batches of diecast cars and comic books and things that are um, kind of replicatable where the listings are very similar, the... Um, the wording that we use in them is very similar and they just have to change item specifics and do very minimal research to make the listings go. But seriously, I mean, these women are, are so smart. I uh, hope you're listening. <laughs> and have worked for me for a long time and I've always thought I should leverage this better. Um, I, I think I think that they're um, able and, and interested in doing more work than I than I give them. And I've been thinking for a while, I need to utilize this better. And if I had done that, then I maybe could have put some of the batches of photos that I took in December and didn't list, could have given those to them with procedures to create drafts. And I also need to acknowledge that they don't necessarily have to do the listing from start to finish. I can give them the photos and provide some details, have them create a draft, and then I can go in and finish it. And that's still going to um, save save me quite a bit of time. I actually really enjoy listing, and I think that's another thing that kind of uh, has kept me from pursuing um, this particular type of system a little bit. It's just because I really enjoy listing. But when it comes down to it, if I'm looking at this from a bird's eye level, uh, we have so much more listing to do than I could ever possibly be capable of so I really need to put those systems in place Um, and especially this year we're shifting more towards sourcing activities so me and Johan discussed this a lot over the holidays how we really need to turn 2023 into a year of sourcing Um, I think with the downturn in the economy that inventory is going to become um, more plentiful we're going to be able to buy more collections and get them potentially at better prices And so far this year, we've actually seen that we've generated quite a few more leads for new inventory um, than we were doing last year. So I think I'm starting to see that. So we're shifting towards those sourcing activities where we are working more on purchasing inventory, but we still need to keep listing. So I need to create a better structure for uh, my listing helpers because they're absolutely amazing. Um, and then the other system I could put in place is I could have somebody on deck to do photography for us. Um, we have been reluctant to bring in another full-time employee for quite some time. Uh, we haven't found the right fit, and we're, we kind of struggle with uh, exactly what that person's job duties should be, so we, we kind of hold off on bringing in a, another local employee. But maybe it would be helpful to have somebody come in for project-based work, or I could say, here, you're on call. Um, I can't do photos this day. Can you come in and do this batch for me? So these are the kinds of systems I could put in place. And it's definitely something when I'm sitting on the couch thinking about the business that I'm going to start working on. So I talk a lot about systems, but I'm far from perfect. And every time something like this happens where your routine gets disrupted. It's this reminder, this exposure of like, okay, like what, how is this going to affect my business? And, and all of a sudden it is affecting your business and it can actually add more stress to the situation that you're dealing with because you're not just stressed out personally, but you're thinking, ah, oh, my business is suffering and I don't like this. Um, so that's another advantage of having those systems in place. And I definitely felt that way uh, during these past few weeks. Now, I want to mention, too, that it's also OK to accept not having those systems at all and the consequences of it. So if you know you can afford those consequences and we're actually quite lucky that we we can afford to kind of step away from the business for a week or two here and there if we have to, then it's not the worst thing if you don't have those procedures in place. But it will stunt your growth for a little while and potentially delay longer term goals. And that's just something that you have to decide to be at ease with if you're not going to create that structure. So I decided I just wasn't quite comfortable with the level of uh, systems that I had in place. So that's something that I'm definitely going to be working on this year because this experience really highlighted that need. Uh, So that's what I wanted to say about systems. And also uh, for a call to action, ask you if there are um, systems or processes that you have recognized that you need in your business that you might be working on. And if you'll post that as a comment on the YouTube channel, that's a great way to stay accountable to doing it. So I'm going to do that and um, I hope that you do as well. So moving on to my latest <laughs> my latest abusive buyer situation. See, this is one of the things when you start to have a high volume store and um, you're selling a lot of stuff, you you do see a higher frequency of very difficult buyers and sometimes um, very mean buyers. So a buyer called me the C word this week uh, and consequently inspired me to talk about it on the podcast. So there's definitely like not, <laughs> not always a downside to these things happening. So what happened was, They actually bought something from me with some decals for like model cars. And um, the day that that they received them, they wrote me about another lot of decals and said, "Uh, can you send me your product pictures? And I'm going to sell them on my own eBay site. And when I get bids on the individual decals, I'll buy them from you. And I was like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, drop shipping my one item. So it's like a lot of decals where there's like five or six different sets in there. So I think he wanted to sell the sets individually and try to make money off them. And I'm like, look, man, sorry. Like, I I don't, I'm not going to send you the photos. That's not an arrangement that I'm interested in. And uh, he said, okay, that's fine. Um, I'll just use your photos and crop them myself. And I was like, What? I'm like no I was pretty clear with this person under no circumstances are you to use my photos for your commercial purposes and of course they were not happy I did tell them I was going to block them because I didn't want this to even deal with this situation at all and suddenly they're telling me I need a business education and I'm like well you know I have an MBA and I I get that that's kind of overrated but I feel like it should be good enough for for, uh, for what I'm doing, and I needed an eBay education, and of course we are Entrepreneur of the Year, so I was like, no, I don't think I need an eBay education, um, but hey, you know, hey, please help me be better, uh, so I just asked them to leave me alone, but they they didn't want to, and over again, they kept calling me buddy, guy, you know, brother, whatever, and I can only handle being misgendered for so long, like, I get it, I get that we sell in categories that are still very male dominated. So it's not unreasonable for somebody to assume that I'm a man. I get that. I still hate it. And so I will always point it out to people, like, hey, you know, don't assume that everyone on eBay is a man. Um, Because I just think we shouldn't walk through life this way either, you know, just assuming that we know the gender of every person that we talk to, whether we see their faces or not, whether we know anything about them or not. You know, if you don't know, What somebody wants to be called freaking like don't assume i hate that anyway makes me snap so people who make these kinds of assumptions need to be told so i told and as soon as (laughs) as soon as he figured out i was female the misogyny poured out of him like a faucet i was a hoe i was all kinds of (laughs) horrible things. And yes, I was the C word. And then they told me that I was committing aggravated harassment by asking them to stop. Now, I know I can be a bit spicy. Okay, I'll I'll admit to that. But I, I generally don't engage with people when I can tell a situation is likely to escalate, and I really could see this one going in that direction., uh, but there's some issues I'm gonna step up to bat for every time, and this is one of them. I don't want to be labeled, and I don't think anybody else should be labeled. um so you know, I told him how it was. and his true colors showed. Now you'll say, should I have assumed he was a guy and uh, and I and I think I have enough evidence to uh to to go there. So yeah, anyways, but the frustrating thing, is that I can't figure out how to report this person. So they did make a purchase from me. And as of today, they have not left feedback of any kind, positive or negative. So I can't do anything from that angle. There's no option in the report buyer section to report profanity, harassment, or potential copyright infringement. So I really don't know what to do. Um, I really think eBay should have uh, a system or a process in place where you can report these kinds of things because they are some of the worst things that you can do on eBay to harass and insult somebody or to steal their uh, their photos. This is like the worst, right? So you can report buyers for all kinds of other things like misusing returns or whatever, but not this stuff that really matters. So I emailed somebody at eBay Canada to ask for advice and we'll see where that goes. So. If you're interested, I will try to report back and um, maybe there'll be some kind of conclusion. Um, I did give the person the last word because, you know, at some point you can't engage any longer. Um, I have, of course, blocked them, And the greatest part was that like three days later, that very lot of decals that he wanted to steal the photos from sold to somebody else. And they already left positive feedback. So I win. I always win in these cases. Anyway. Um, oh, that's funny. A Facebook notification just popped up on my desktop with a comment that says, sometimes you just can't win. <laughs> no, but I did. I mean, that was weird. Uh, serendipitous. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about that. Um, and if you have an interesting or interesting, interesting, difficult, challenging, similar story, uh, or if you have figured out how to report buyers for this kind of kind of behavior, I would love to uh, to hear your feedback on how that's worked for you. So, so that was hard. And I've talked about hard things today. So I want to move on to something kind of a little more fun, uh, which is I want to talk about whatnot. So I've made a couple of quick videos sort of referring to what we're doing on whatnot. But um, I didn't get I will admit this last year I did not get whatnot. But then I started to come around to it. And I was like, this is actually kind of a cool way that i can talk to buyers and have them kind of talk back because it has a chat function so we can have to some degree a conversation because i do a lot of like talking at people right that's what this podcast is i'm talking at you i'm hoping you're going to comment back i write emails out to our email list you know, and I hope people are going to reply back or hope they're going to click. But there's just, like, there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of back and forth engagement. And with whatnot, I was like, this is pretty cool. I can do this in a live setting. And because I'm experienced with online teaching and webinars and stuff like that, I'm pretty good at um, moderating chats. Um, I, I think I do okay at getting people to, to say stuff and talk. Um, and hopefully I'm at least a little bit entertaining. I don't know. But anyway, we decided that we, we've got, we're starting with comic books. We have a a surplus of inventory in a few categories. And our Copper Age comic books are especially are one of them. We've got like 100 boxes, I think at least. And if we move, you know, we, which we're kind of trying to do, looking at buying a house and stuff. So if we move, the, this is not something I want to move all of. I'm fine with taking some of it along, but a hundred boxes is like, I mean, we already have a whole warehouse of inventory, uh, to move along. So do I want to move a hundred boxes of comic books? I don't. Um, and we have tons of duplicates and everything is in high grade. And, and of course, of course we can't stop buying more. <laughs> so we're not selling them as fast as we're acquiring them. And I thought this is a neat way that I might be able to get rid of, especially some of that kind of like moderately valued stuff. Like Five to forty dollars, where it's like almost not worth posting on eBay and storing, um, and I can get rid of it really fast. So we did a show uh, two weeks ago, um, and then the dog died. I was going to do another show, but I canceled that show, and I did my second show yesterday. And from a money standpoint, haven't sold a lot, but it's not what it's about. Um, this foray into whatnot is figuring out a new way to engage with buyers. Um, to to kind of, to sell off some credit inventory, but also to, I think, find a little space in the world of live selling where not a lot of comic book sellers in Canada are sitting. Um, there's, <coughs> excuse me, there's three or four other sellers uh, in Canada who are I see popping up regular shows on whatnot all the time. And that's great. And I think we should have like more of them. Um, but really, there, there isn't a lot yet. And I, I know Whatnot is still a new platform and they're bringing in buyers and there probably will be more, which is why I feel like this is a great place that I could come in and maybe me and those other three or four sellers could end up sort of dominating this niche on this platform. So it makes me really excited. Plus, the shipping is really easy. The labels are created for you. Um, it has its downfalls. It's not great for local buyers. I understand that we have quite a few people who like to buy comic books from us locally and we were running auctions on another platform called Live Auction World, which allows me to control shipping versus local pickup and what I charge and so on and so forth. So it has more flexibility. And of course, the buyers are going to like that, right? So they can choose to pick up and save on shipping and things like that. So I think a few people are not super happy that we're moving in this direction. But I, you know, A, I don't know if it will be permanent. Um, I don't know if we will be successful. Uh, We may decide to do a hybrid where we do some auctions on Live Auction World and we do other things on whatnot. You know, I don't really know. Um, I do know that I want to give this a solid go. I want to do more frequent shows. I want to do bigger shows. I want to have more Buy It Now options available so that people can make purchases during the live auction. I want to run giveaways. I'm just kind of excited to it about it from like a social media standpoint. And I do struggle with being consistent on social media. And this is like the first time that I've seen a platform where I'm like, I'm in, I want to engage. I want to be there and I want to do more of this. So, so it's exciting for me. Um, If you're interested in whatnot um, and the whole world of live selling You can check out a couple of links down in the show notes if you're interested in buying on whatnot and you haven't signed up for the platform. There's a link there that'll give you a $10 credit towards your first purchase. And if you're interested in applying to be a seller on whatnot, I also have our referral link um, in there and you can um, uh, start your application and try to run your first sale on on whatnot. I would love it if you use my referral link to do that. Um, if you have questions on the platform, I'm not an expert yet. <laughs> but if you want to ask them anyways, I'll do my best um, i'm I'm learning things and buyers are asking me questions and I don't always have the answers for them but uh, but we're getting there and uh, it it does feel really great to be doing something new and to have like lots of enthusiasm about it so. So uh, you're going to see a lot more of us on Whatnot. You should definitely follow us there. Uh, we are Storage Warrior Canada. So if you're already on Whatnot, you'll find us quickly by searching that name. Okay. So those are the three topics I wanted to cover this week. And you will see another full episode in two weeks. And I'm, I think I'm going to go and take one of the listener suggestions that I've gotten over the past few months and build out an episode based on that. I haven't decided which one yet, but if you are a listener of the podcast and you have previously made an episode suggestion, there is a good chance that I'm going to do that for you. So I'm excited about that. Um we are heading on a picking expedition over the next few days, so I'm hoping to get some cool content created out of that to post on YouTube for you. So again, make sure you are subscribed to youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. And I look forward to talking to you again in two weeks. Bye.